Hey, Kat, how are you? Hi, Shelley. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How's lockdown world for you? Oh, yeah, good. I'm literally sitting down with a piece of cheesecake I baked earlier in the week, so life is not too bad. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> okay, so our topic today is groundwork. Groundwork. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> you go. I was going to say, what is groundwork, Shelley, and why do we do it and why is it helpful to our horses? Okay, good question. What it is, it's non-ridden activities. <laughs> so groundwork you can really put down into anything that's not actually sitting on the horse. <laughs> uh, so it can involve a lot of things. It can involve some certain management practices and then some real strategic ones. And the strategic ones can go from very basic responses up into quite advanced things. So that's what groundwork is. So whether people like it or not, whether you believe in groundwork or you think you've never done it, you actually have because when you, you know, just leading a horse is, you know, work on the ground with a horse that you require the horse to be responsive to you whilst not or being ridden. Or even if you walk into the paddock and the way that you interact with them when you're trying to catch absolutely. them and all that sort of stuff. Yep, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's it's such a skill set to have and um, being skilled in just basic groundwork handling type things can free you from ever having just a catching problem, yep. a leading problem, a floating problem, a tying up problem. You know, it, these are all related to, you know, it all can be traced back to, you know, very basic groundwork responses and skills that you need. Yeah, so uh, for me personally, I there was a time when I had zero groundwork skills <laughs> and strangely enough it was it aligned perfectly with the time that I had the most trouble with horses. <laughs> so um, and then I went on a bit of a journey myself. I remember when I first started getting into really digging down and learning about how horses learn and different training things. I actually rejected the groundwork component. Like I watched the training component of in the saddle. Yeah. Um, because I considered something that people did that were too scared to ride their horse. And that wasn't me. I was scared, but I rode my horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. No, that's wonderful. That just means I was scared and stupid. <laughs> okay so um yeah not brave just you know ignorant and naive naive yeah so what happened with me is that I you know I discovered that there were things I could do on the saddle to improve responses under saddle and then you know like I kind of dabbled in a little bit of groundwork and lo and behold I actually found that that improved my under saddle work and of course because I was hell-bent and obsessed competitor in dress sides, of course, that made me interested. And so, you know, and then I started delving deeper and deeper and doing more groundwork and found and finding out that it improved my under saddle responses. So, you so know, why and, do you think that is? Why it does because, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's quite logical actually because you see every single thing that you do under saddle, you can trace back to a response on the ground that you can treat that you can train the horse. So how well a horse 
responds to you is a bit of a function of a number of things, right? Yeah. It's how well the horse understands it, its motivation to perform it, its confidence at performing it, and its strength and ability to perform it, right? There's those things. Now, you can train a basic response to saying groundwork. So, so let me just give you an example. Well, easiest thing to actually have a look at. Let's look at the canter transition. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the canter transition. So on the ground, so do and, and how I start horses is I first of all get them to understand that I'm asking them to canter, right? That I yeah. so I make them understand that when I do this, I want them to canter. Okay, the answer is that. And I start in the round yard, round penning them with nothing connected to them. So they're completely free. I want canter, right? And but it makes them learn, first of all, that I ask them to do upward transitions, okay, into yep. just say canter. And it allows them to practice it, practice canter with nothing on its head no one's sitting on its back, so just with its own balance. The only thing that's impacting it are the walls of the fence of that round yard yeah. that's actually containing its movement. But it's the least stressful. So you compare that. Imagine, right, this is how to canter or improve their canter yard with nothing on them, not sitting on their back, nothing on their face, just at liberty, and they're allowed just to practice that. Alternatively, Imagine the horse that has to learn how to canter with someone sitting on its face, pulling on its face with a bit, messing yeah. up with its balance, having to do all these things. What What do you think? It's just logic that says which animal's going to be under less stress. Yeah. Therefore, which one's going to learn better? Okay, and so quicker. With nothing and yeah. quicker. Okay, so. You get the canter really good then. You get them very, um, you know, they understand you ask them to canter and then you allow them to build up their natural balance and their fitness in canter in the round yard. And then I progress to more um, in-hand growth. Rope halter with a long lead and then canter not being contained by the walls of the round yard but being the line dictated by the length of the rope and the feel of my hand. Yeah. Being guided to follow that feel of the halter on their face that's being dictated by my lead rope, right? So they learn to can the line that I dictate. So they're following this feeling on their face to do the counter transition. Well, then, you know, is then instead of being on the I sit on their back. So I'm in the same way as I've been able to improve their fitness and their balance again whilst in groundwork. So the circles are smaller. You know, you can go and do things like poles with them and take them places and, you know, groundwork them in different surfaces and areas so they've had all this exposure. You can put the saddle on their back so they get used to being able to canter, being guided and kind of um, guided by their halter of where to go and canter. And then finally I sit on their back. So, you know, which horse is going to be set up better? Cope with all that at once in a tsunami of pressure or the one that's just been allowed to tick up? 
So that's why the horses that I train from scratch, the first ride they have, they canter. Yep. Read about it. Because the difference is they've got some weight. I've even got been I've even got them used to having weight on their back because I sit on them a lot. Yeah. Okay. So when they canter, it's no big deal. They've been able to get, you know, their canter fit. They've developed their, their, you know, their fitness to a particular level. The canter's no big deal for them because they've done lots and lots of transitions and, you know, they've got over their kind of rush of adrenaline that horses naturally will get with canter. Plus also they've got really kind of balanced and, and you know, developed the strength within that transition so it's no big deal. I've like two levels of groundwork. I've got foundation stuff that I use to um, either either start horses or retrain or, as I call, reboot horses. I call it reboot. If, you know, I reboot the horse's complete foundation. It's the foundation um, work of the horse that allows them to be like a riding horse that would, um, you know, that's able to compete just, say, in, you know, a prelim novice dressage test. Yeah. Okay. So then I've got more advanced stuff. So I do also do and, and dabble in the classical dressage in hand stuff. And that's a lot more technical and a lot more difficult. Okay. Because then, <laughs> yeah, it's good fun, but I like having, I just don't go straight there. I don't go straight to classical in hand dressage stuff. I do the foundation stuff first because I believe that sets horse. Because the classical in hand dressage is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, yes, you might not be on their back, but it really targets certain muscle groups. It's really precise stuff. So if horses don't have like a good idea of following feel and how they learn and, you know, just some simple basics of balance, you know, that's not, not super refined like it's expected in classical dressage, but it just allows them to be able to cope with the intensity of classical in-hand stuff a lot better. Yeah. So that's why I do the basic horsemanship groundwork type stuff and then get them going under saddle foundation so they can walk, trot and canter on a loose rein and then start developing some basics of contact and then we go and revisit um, more classical in-hand stuff to really start refining the particular dressage movements, you know, shoulder in, Haunches in, Trevere, half pass, all those types of things that are very specific, more higher level yoga or Pilates movements to build certain muscle groups before you start asking them to do it under saddle. I'm so glad that I you work. added in there the contact because that's really important that we teach a horse contact before we ask them to do those higher level movements. Yeah, and you need good contact, right? Because yeah. contact is what you need the horse seeking in and having a good connection so you actually have, you know, control, more control, finite control of its body. Yeah. Okay? So you need that to be able to do like every movement in dressage targets something within the horse. And remember, the purpose of dressage is not to perform trick movements, <laughs> okay, like I used to think it was. Those every single dressage movement is like a yoga or Pilates move that targets a muscle group to strengthen, to work and strengthen, engage, strengthen, mobilize, etc. 
to build the strength in that muscle because the overall purpose of dressage is to keep your horse sound for a long period of time and protect it from the damage of being ridden. Yeah. That's what it's for. It's a protective set. It's no different than the reason we do yoga and Pilates. It's no different. It's yoga and Pilates for horses. And it was developed, you know, in time when all this we had were horses for transport and they were precious. You couldn't have them break down. They were expensive and precious and necessary resources to keep civilizations going is that people cared about that type of thing. And so they worked out how to keep horses sound and going for long periods of time so they could get you to and from what you had to do. But instead, unfortunately, through time, that knowledge has been lost and it's morphed into like dressage as a sport performing a whole lot of fancy movements. Yeah. Yeah, but you can train. Everything starts on the ground and you can make life a lot easier for the horse by doing groundwork. And then that's just for the horse. Then there's like the 6,000 benefits that there are for the person to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's teaching a horse how to think as well. Absolutely. You want a horse that isn't going to panic when you put them under pressure and that's going to be able to think through a situation and make like offer you behaviours that are a good yeah. idea rather than some of the ones that we think of as not being a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. So horses have got to learn. They learn how to learn. It's like, you know, when they're learning those kind of really foundation, simple groundwork exercise, they can work it out. You know, they work it out and they learn that you communicate to them in a certain way and you present in a certain way and that they can work you out and navigate you. So normally the first most stressful session for a horse is usually the first time I ever work it because normally it's normally a lot of the horses I work with have completely and absolutely given up that humans mean much sense. Yeah. At best they allow themselves to be hauled on, but they really don't understand what's going on. Okay. So they're tension and brace because they're protecting themselves at all times. And at best they allow themselves to be hauled somewhere. Yeah. Okay? But they don't really understand what's going on. On. So the first session is a little bit stressful because the horses have no idea that they can actually navigate and do things that re- that reduce the amount of pressure and discomfort that they experience. And there's just this, you know, this, you know, you just see their mind tick over. It's just like, oh, is you mean I can read you? You mean I can do something? You know, that's a precious moment when you see a horse do that. But normally, yeah. there's a lot of a bit of a, you know, there's a little bit of conflict and stress to begin with because. You know, they don't understand that they can even work you out. They've given up on that, most horses, you know, that can come along because their humans have just not meant anything. And that's because, you know, it all comes down to the humans not understanding that a horse lives in a physical reality where it, it learns to feel and navigate this physical world that it gets presented with. Yeah. So we've got to learn how we impact that horse's physical world. And it's by all those ground handling skills that we help them learn to navigate it because we present pressure to them, we present restraint to them. You know, that's how we communicate. And it gives us an opportunity to work through anxiety in our horses and those kinds of things without having too many layers on top of it that they'll never get down. Absolutely. It's all that about making it easier for them to cope with. Yeah, and you can... 
you know, okay, so you're a horse. What's a horse going to, what, what do you reckon is going to be easier for a horse to be able to cope with? Going to a new venue it's never been to in its life and having maybe doing a bit of groundwork or going to a venue it's never been to in its life and being ridden. Yeah. With someone hanging onto its face, then it's freaking out because the horse is freaking out. What do you yeah. reckon is going to be the learning experience for it when the when that's when its handler is calm and confident on the ground and allows the horse just to work through it? What's setting that horse up for a good experience? You know, it's the groundwork. It's learning those skills. Yeah. So it's just and that's the logical place to start when you understand, when you actually look at it from the horse's perspective and then you understand that there's a lineage of responses that you can, that you can start training in groundwork which have massive ramifications later on. So this yep. is a bit of a question not really on topic, but if you're out riding your horse like going for a trail ride yep. and it's losing its mind over something, is it? People say that it's not good to get off the horse because that would be letting the horse win. Is oh, there any? Such, <laughs> that's such rubbish. That's such rubbish. But you, you know, you got to make sure that you got something with you. Horses, oh, yes. you know, got to make sure that you've got a halter with you or something like that or whatever. That's absolute rubbish. You get off a horse to actually help a horse out, <laughs> yeah. help them overcome it. You know, sometimes. So that's just that's just so rubbish. Um, there are though a million things you can do though. There's a few other things of horses losing it on a trail. That kind of that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> you know. Because sometimes you might be able to help that horse out by getting distance from whatever it's worried about, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, or something that you can you can just stop and wait and allow the horse to have a look at it, or something like that. You know, um, there's been a million ways. But yes, there's absolutely um, nothing wrong with uh, getting off the horse. You know. Um, you know, the, the chances of it causing a problem, the horse, and it's not impossible for a horse to learn, oh, you know, when I did this, human got off and released the pressure, right? That's not impossible <laughs> for something to learn. But, you know, if you work the horse in a certain way, if you've got ground skills and stuff like that and wait for it to calm down and then get back on, you know, the risk of that is minimal to non-existent yeah. occurring. You know, if you get off and it runs away or has a massive release of pressure, then maybe. But if you've got skills of knowing what you're going to do and just, you know, you, your aim is not to win or not to prevent something, you know, from the horse learning something, but more like just to help that horse, you know, then that's only going to be for good. Absolutely. Hmm. So do you work with some people that have strong beliefs about groundwork um I think I come across some people that have had horses like as kids and that sort of thing and then they mm. haven't had to learn it because they've always been able to ride their ponies everywhere and not need to do groundwork so yeah. when they come into horses again as adults and they get a horse that might not be that push button pony that they had as a kid they get a little bit stuck as to what to do because they can't go out and ride the pony everywhere and mm. they need to do something extra and they're starting with groundwork but yeah, not sure where to start and that's always yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's always good to start with a, with a process and some help and following a, some guide, 
Yeah. So, you know, I've got some courses available to help teach people um, round panning and groundwork skills because um, it's good to learn just from someone. It's good to learn a system and it doesn't really matter whose it is. It's just like you've got to develop that, those rope and handling skills and then once you learn a foundation of, of, you know, rope and handling skills, you can adapt yourself to anything. You know, it's just yeah. learning the basic skills and then you can adapt it because there's many different methods of groundwork, many different ways. The methods that I have selected are ones that I find are just very simple things. It's actually called the the eighty the the twenty eighty percent rule, yeah. right? <laughs> that I've identified the twenty percent of things that you need to learn know how to do that actually let you cope and fix with eighty <laughs> percent. So that yeah. goes for anything. There's always twenty percent of skills you got to learn how to do a job that will actually be, you know. 80% of the things you use most of the time. So I've identified that and I've also identified the exercises that are easy for people to learn and I go by the rule that simplicity is sophistication. So I just get, I just have an, I have a very small number of groundwork exercises I get people to do but I teach them how to, how to do them beautifully and, and, and have a really, really good response because I found out, yep, I could, I knew like 50 fabulous groundwork exercises (laughs) okay but then I learned that if I just did you know six really really well that that was that was better than 50 that were just average so why is that is that the way that the horse is responding or thinking in those exercises is more important than the actual exercise yeah we'll just say there was a whole lot of things I worked out that were just like nice to do but not really necessary you know, so as I said, every kind of response, I, tr- I traced it back to something. Yeah. And I found out there are a whole lot of things that I actually didn't have to teach that didn't really matter. I didn't really need that, you know, but there were some crucial things, some crucial key exercises. And what I did is I focused on those because typically I'm dealing with people that have like, that have a bad opinion about groundwork. Yeah. You know, they're like that, as you said, they never had to do it before. There's certain disciplines that, don't that have a bad opinion of it or don't think it's necessary and I'll call out my own sport as dressage yeah you know there's classical <laughs> dressage do in hand but then there's like just regular dressage people who have you know they just because I, I, I was one of them and as I said before earlier I had a very bad opinion of it I thought it was just done by rope twirling people <laughs> that did that who don't know, ride their horses that don't ride their horses because they're too scared of it and they just go around and do these crazy circles and you know, and, and I just turned my nose up at it, you know, and I was a dressage rider that rode and we rode through things, you know. <laughs> so I'm typically dealing and normally lots of people I meet at clinics, you know, they want to ride and I just want to, you know, it's, it's, I, have to, I have to meet people where they are. Yeah. And, and getting them to dabble in some groundwork is always something that I take to, I build a bit of a relationship with them first. So, you know, I can always... I've always got solutions in the saddle, but it's always I was gonna better. Say, you normally start, if they want to start in the saddle, we start in the saddle. Yeah, because but, I can't, yeah, I've got to get them to help them 
I've got to got to get some trust from them, right? I've yeah. got to show them that I can help them. And if I say, no, get off your horse, we're going to do groundwork, and they think they've got a bad opinion or perception about groundwork, they're not going to have anything to do with me and I'm not going to be able to help them and I'm not going to be able to help that horse. Yeah. So I've got to meet people where they are. But if they work with me long enough, I start like going, well, we could do this on the ground. Have you seen this? And then they then they start trusting me a bit more and they'll, they'll take a steps into it. But I found that... If I just focus on these key exercises and, and got them doing those and got them doing really well and got them back into the saddle and they could see the benefit is that it just opened up their life, you know, and it it's like my really good clients that have had a long period of time, you know, I think about them all and, you know, I had to, you know, got it, you know, long time kind of, kind of convincing them to get off their horses and now they do spectacular groundwork and they've got into all fancy types of groundwork. Yeah. You know, but I started to, I taught them these key things that were key to put a foundation on a horse and then they've just gone off and flourished into, you know, doing very fancy type, you know, whether it be classical dressage or other fancy liberty type things and, and stuff that's really impressive. But I, I have to get that relationship with the person first to get them to try it. And I've, I've got to show them first that I can solve problems it's just I can solve your problem in the saddle but hell I can make that problem disappear and your performance go through you fix it on the ground first you know not only that but it's safer it's safer and that's something that also people also work out but it also is a double edge I'll also mention this as well that some people I've also got to wean them off groundwork because some people (laughs) do it when they don't need to do it and I have to make them be Yes. Yep. I was going to say, I was in that situation this morning when I'm like, your horse is actually good. Let's yeah. get on it now. Yeah. People can use it as a, they developed a kind of uh, OCD kind of habit, uh, like a control, a control kind of freaky kind of, I've got to do it as part of my routine to feel safe. And yep. I have to, you know, and I have this rule, you know, horse only has so many circles in its life before it will break down. You have to use those circles wisely. So you got to really dig deep and tell me why you are still, you you (laughs) want to go out there and you're still doing circles in trot and canter. Like why? The horse is trotting around beautifully. It's canting around beautifully. You give me your reasoning why you were doing that to that horse and make people like, where where are you? Because I get people to identify, as you know, there's green flags, orange flags and red flags. Yeah. So, of course, red flags is like, no, definitely don't do that. Orange flags is like, oh, there's something 100% right here going on or it's a little bit yep. worried about that. And you wait yep. until you got green flags when you can say, would you ride that horse? And you say, yes. So, you know, I make people tell me where, where you tell me where your orange and red flags are in this case because your horse looks pretty goddamn relaxed. Okay? <laughs> the situation I had yesterday was literally that. And I was said, would you get on that horse? Because I would get on that horse. And I got told that they wouldn't get on that horse. And I was like, well, that's intriguing. I think we need to work on that. Yeah. And you got to go, why, why, why? you got to dig down deep into it so they can yeah because it's not fair to subject the horse to I said you just every you you're taking one off its life you know so you have to use your circles wisely and understand that what you're putting the horse through for your own anxieties and um and if you are struggling with anxiety there's so many things that you that you can do as well besides 
happening ground because look learning groundwork is part of my way of building people's confidence to get back up into their horse because it's allowing the horse allowing them to see look i'm getting i'm in control i'm in control right and seeing their horse from another point of view but also getting to be able to like see the good things their horses do because that's another part of groundwork is looking for the good things and stuff so it can change their kind of perception of their horse and it can help build confidence but yeah you've got to go to a point where they've got to wean it off because they can flip into having it as a security blanket yeah and And i definitely do that as well i had pre-covid well not pre-pre but between lockdowns i had a lesson and I tacked my pony up and he was feeling a bit spicy mm. and I went into the arena and I jumped straight on and the instructor was like, were you going to do some groundwork before you get on? And I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm good. And, of course, I wasn't apparently. We got like <laughs> half a circle around the arena and he jumped out of his skin. But it was fine. But to <laughs> me, I've had to make that step where I won't groundwork my horse because otherwise I feel the need that I've got to groundwork him every day before I get on. Yeah, but um, in that case, you could have. You got to read the signs. You got to read the signs. You got to read the signs. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Yeah, no, probably should have ground weight for pony. Yeah, but you listen to your gut. But you got, as I said, you go like, oh, he's a little on edge. You know, as I said, you got to. How is this horse today? How's he feeling? You know, and it's like, oh, he's a bit on edge. He's a bit up. And it's like, if that's your answer, well, then you know, groundwork works as a flight simulator as well. You know, and but I can get the same response if I get on and have a canter when I get on him. Well, yeah. Well, that's up to that's up to you. But you gotta you gotta do the calculation in your head. Yeah, yeah. We've done (laughs) lots of those calculations over the years. Yeah, and it's all about making judgments. Look, and sometimes you don't make the best judgment, but it's at least being conscious and aware of it. And the whole thing is, you don't want to be wasting circles. You got to have good reasons for using circles. Yeah. All right. So Amazing. that's my talk on groundwork. Thank so you, it's definitely something to, um, to it absolutely skills you up. It frees you in life from lots of things, from just handling problems, floating issues, trailering issues to, you know, being able to help your horse out a hell of a lot to developing your confidence. Amazing. All right, Kat. Thank, Thank you, you Shelley. Okay, see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Canter Therapy. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you leave a rating and a review where you're listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find us on Facebook, we're at Canter Therapy Podcast. You can find Shelley on Facebook at Dr. Shelley Appleton, Horse Training Coach, or she has a fantastic group called Calm, Willing, Confident Horses, where she's been doing weekly lives. If you'd like to find me on Facebook or Instagram, I'm at Forenza Park. Have an amazing week, guys, and make sure you hug your ponies.